0: At the end of the day, when you're all alone in the dark, the only thing that counts is this, the law. And you will be alone when you swear to uphold these ideals. For most of us, there's only dust in the streets. For the few of us that survive to old age, the proud loneliness of the long walk. A walk that every judge must take outside these city walls into the unknown, and there spend your last remaining days taking law to the lawless.
1: This is what it means to be a judge. This is the commitment I expect. Judgment time. Hello and welcome to Dread or Dead, and today is a very special episode. It's a Johnny Alpha interlude, Stronium Dog, and we've got two co-hosts with me, Dave, today. We've got Richard coming in and we've got Adam, the computer. So, Richard, how are you going? Your first appearance, I think, on Dread or Dead. No, I think oh. this might be my second. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> is it really? Your second appearance? I, I think, don't think
2: you know. this is my second. Okay. Fair enough. We did that episode, um, I had to leave. I think it was regular oh, signal, but America, I think you yeah, put it yeah. out on Dread or Dead, too.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. That's why you call that on the computer, because you remember all these things, and uh, <laughs> I certainly don't remember them. But no, but Richard is certainly well acquainted with Judge Dredd, um, the stars of a line. We get the three greats assembling now for a Johnny Alpha interlude. Stronium Dog, uh, The Moses Incident uh, is the title of the story. Um Basically, I'll, I'll give the. Oh, we should say, Adam. How have you been since the last time we have spoken? Because it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't
2: it? Yeah, it's been a little while. I'm doing good here. Um, yeah, thanks for asking, dude.
1: Keeping the streets safe, man, like from crime. Is it just like trying to? Spot? Yeah. Do you just? Go I'll be honest with you. When an- you
2: called, I was about to fall asleep. I was watching um, Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that'll put you to <laughs> sleep. I <got> passed out. <laughs> Like at the you know hour and a half mark, you started the attention starting to wander from that movie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the sequel? Uh, what's it called? Death of the Nile, I think. We watched. That yeah, you moment.
2: know, I'm actually watching the um, Sydney LeMay or Lumet oh.
1: version. Okay, yeah, from the '70s. Yeah. Is that the '70s version?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: I've never seen that one actually. I've I've only seen the um, the more recent one that Kenneth Branagh did. You know.
2: This uh, this classic version is pretty good so far.
1: Okay, um, cool.
2: But yeah, I've been watching my kid by myself all week, so it wore me out. <laughs> oh,
1: dear. Well, I'm glad you're here in attendance. Now, I'm going to throw this open, but I do want to give the basic picture of this Moses incident. is very simple. Basically, Johnny Alpha and Wolf uh, are tracking down a criminal. At the beginning, uh, there's a throwdown where Johnny Alpha very generously allows the guy kind of like a Wild West shootout. He shoots the criminal, but the criminal shoots a kid. Moses Quest is the guy's name. And uh, the kid is killed. Uh, Johnny Alpha then goes to a planet where Malik Brood, this sorcerer, is on a prison planet and resurrects the kid, but the kid is basically a zombie. Um, and by the time they get back to the home planet, the kid is like a full zombie, the mother has to kill him, um, and Johnny Alpha is pretty much willing to give up his whole life, but he's rescued by the uh, wife, or the woman, the mother, and then he goes back solo, without Wolf, and annihilates Malek Brood, and at the end of the story, which he's been very obsessed by guilt, he's kind of sane again. Have I done a good job in wrapping up this story, guys? What do you think? Uh, so yeah, I think we can dismiss.
0: Well right, done, we can move on. Yeah, uh, see you guys brilliant. next week.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've, we've uh, you know, five minute signal, uh, five minutes of dead. Now, uh, Rich, obviously, before we even get started on this adventure, uh, I want to throw it over to you. Johnny Alpha, what's your knowledge? What's your background? Was this the first time you've read him or, is it you you know, you've kind of checked in and out over the years? Give us your vibe on Strontium Dog Johnny Alpha.
0: Oh, no, no. I mean, again, Strontium uh, <clears throat> Dog, when he when he eventually came to 2080, was obviously a bit more of a permanent sort of fixture, mm. um, I think, up until the 90s. Yes. Um, so I'd, I'd always his stuff off and on whenever I sort of picked up a 2080, you know, magazine or, sure. or whatever and all that. So because um, uh, I believe it uh, – if I remember correctly, it didn't start in 2000 AD. It
1: started in the very Star-Lord, which was a, a sister, you know, publication. Yeah. Uh, but a um, and
0: then when that that folded or something then that it got it got brought into yes. the 2000 or, AD. But uh, it's always been a very interesting one because the Strontium stuff is in the future. So it's even further in the future than Dread. Yes. Um, Technically, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And basically there's a lot of mutants and He's a mutant, and the Strontium Dogs is basically a bounty hunting agency. Exactly. Um, uh, and uh, they have some interesting weapons. Although I will say I think their guns are very similar to Dread's gun in yeah. the fact that they can fire different sort of rounds. I love it.
1: Number three cartridge, number four cartridge, you know, the one that goes yeah. through walls, the one that explodes is number four. Um, yeah, he's got the time bomb as well. I love the time bomb. That's one of yeah. my favorite movies. So, like, uh,
0: now, uh, this story, it was just Johnny Alpha and um, Wolf. Wolf. Stern uh, uh, yeah, Wolf, which is, I believe they retconned him to actually be an actual Viking at some
1: Correct. point. Yeah, it, just before um, if he gets I remember killed, correctly. Just before he gets killed, they do a, a time travel story <clears> where Johnny Alpha goes back in time to the Vikings and Wolf Sternhammer sort of helps him out and then comes through into the future with him. So, he was an actual Viking. Mm. Um, and mean, then he he's got those other two
0: sidekicks, um,
1: the other face. two mutants. Midden face is a common one. The guy with the yeah. the, 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 the um, bumps on his head. And he's also got Gronk as well as another one. Uh,
0: and he's the one with the, the head on his knee. His
1: oh, that's leg. a different that right? guy. Yeah, that's a different guy. Someone kneecaps, yeah. But Gronk is the little alien guy. Like He's like almost like a little bit of a kind of cousin It style kind of character. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, you you have to read it all to to remember all the characters. But I mean, obviously, the big. I think the main two is Wolf and um, definitely, and Johnny Alpha, and 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 obviously Johnny Alpha and all that. And um and even in that f- so far in the future, people still don't like mutants. No,
1: they're very prejudiced At, against. The prejudice
0: them. just won't go away. The prejudice
1: uh-huh. is massive in uh in in this time period. Now. Well, it's glad to see that you've got some knowledge there, Rich, and pulling out some nice names there. Adam, the computer, um, your first experience, I believe, was Judgment Day, which was the team-up one we did recently.
2: Yeah, Judgment Day and the uh, the other team-up we did. Um, it's stories. interesting, really, you know, with having similar DNA in the creators. Mm. And obviously, you know, Judge Dredd and strontium Dog, you know, they kind of look alike. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting digging in and kind of seeing... Uh yeah, how they really are very different, you know.
1: Exactly, man. And, and how did you find this, Adam? Because this is, I wanted to give you a full, because you got the team up, so you got a taste. You know what I mean? I gave you a little taste of the sugar. And and then, <laughs> yeah. then you've come into Mo's incident, which is a real personal story of Johnny Alpha. And what did you think of the character, given the the full spotlight?
2: Yeah, I thought it was good. Um I didn't realize till just now that it was Alan Grant Yes. um which I don't think we've done a lot of Alan grant on uh, otherwise but maybe we have
1: uh well he um, he definitely um he definitely co-wrote a ton of uh the judge red stories with John Wagner um okay Judgment Day he wasn't writing because they basically split at the end of the 80s as a writing team but basically mm-hmm. from the late 70s, all through the 80s. They co-wrote most of the Strontium Dog stories and most of the mm. Judge Red stories. This one, though, is just credit to Alan Grant, so I would assume that maybe Alan Grant just just told this one solo. Uh, uh, yeah, that, there
0: yeah. are a couple where I believe that Alan Grant gets solo yeah. uh, or sole um, credit. credit.
2: Yeah, I also thought um, this one, you know, is just 10 parts, yeah. which makes it a little punchier. Um you know, if it was one of those 25-parters, there would have been all these different interludes of sure. dread traveling here, and then he's <laughs> traveling there, and he has to stop places in between. So this is kind of nice, just
1: straightforward. Yeah. Um, it yeah.
2: Was,
1: this This is a very... I, I think this is a really probably under-acknowledged classic in Stronium Dog. Um, the Stronium Dog storylines are all about this long most of the time. It might, might be a little bit longer, a little bit shorter, but this is about the classic pace um you got into i want to bring something up on the table uh the relationship of johnny alpha and wolf a lot of people saying uh really an openly gay couple in 2008d i'm not sure if it gets the acknowledgement it should uh mm-hmm. what's your view adam did you pick up any gay vibes or are they just good buddies
2: <laughs> i haven't picked up any gay vibes from <laughs> The stories we've done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it would all be subtext. I'm going to throw over to Rich, who's very much the morals campaigner on Signal. Your views, Rich?
0: Oh, I didn't get anything. Sorry, <laughs> like, I mean.
1: No, but I mean. Yeah, but. Yeah, they're Look, they're the, the, together, this is
0: the know? problem is, well, not the problem, but anyone can read whatever they want into anything. That's I true. mean, if you see two male characters who have a very strong bond. Sure. You can just see them as really good friends. Sure like comrades, sure. you know, uh, 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 brothers in arms.
1: Sure.
0: Or you can see them as Lovers. a gay couple. Like, Lovers. I mean, it's whatever you want to read it as, I mean, <laughs> I whatever, whatever.
1: I just thought I'd bring it you know. up. I just thought I'd bring it up because a lot of people do say that in 2000 AD, because they're often rooming together. Right, South they
0: South. say that about everything. They say that about Frodo and Sam. They say that about uh, Robin and Superboy. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. If yeah. there's any close relationship, someone's going to interpret it as sure. that. No, very true.
1: I just thought I'd bring it up. And that's,
0: again, that's, okay. you, that's your prerogative. You sure. Whatever you want to read into something, go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. hey, guys, I just thought I'd bring it up, you know, discuss it in 2022, <laughs> you know. And I, I just wanted to see what Rich thought of it as well, but I kind of expected his reaction. Um, now, I I think, let's talk a little bit about the differences and the similarities between Judge Dredd and Johnny Alpha. I think Johnny Alpha <coughs> is, in essence, a nicer guy, and that's shown at the start by the fact he gives the guy a fighting chance, which I don't think Dredd would do, he generally. I think Dredd would just have shot the guy. And then the level of guilt that Johnny Alpha has, I'm not sure Dredd would have that same level of guilt. Uh, what do you think, Adam?
2: Yeah, I think I'm on board with uh, with that. Um, he just seems like he's not as... Um, you know, uh, Dredd is just very focused and of one mind, where, you know, I could see Johnny Alpha... You know, like you said in the story, he's, uh, you know, he feels bad about the consequences of his actions. Where I feel like Dredd would feel like, you know, this wasn't my fault. This was the villain's fault. You know, I think that would be the difference. Is Dread would be like, yeah, you know, I'm doing my duty. If somebody gets in the way, Collateral that's damage. terrible, but yeah. it's not my fault. It's the villain's fault, or maybe yeah. even the the citizens' fault.
1: <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there, and that makes it interesting because. Same DNA, same creators, John Wagner and Carlos Esquizara, um, and yet the differences, I think, tonally, is actually works really well. Um, what do you think, uh, Rich, about the similarities and differences between Johnny Alpha and Judge Red?
0: There's no similarities.
1: Bang! Wow, simple. It's two completely closed.
0: different characters, like not even close. You, I don't even yeah. know if there's much even overlap in the two characters.
1: Well, there was in Judgment Day when they met up. <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, they I, they I I mean, I guess. Up. I mean, if you want to say that they both bring justice or hunt bad guys or something like that, but character-wise, the two of them are completely, completely different characters. I, just, I mean, I as mean, you said, like, Judge Street wouldn't even wouldn't even that, give the bad guy that yeah yeah um that thing. He'd just shoot the guy dead. you would be like, guilty, bang. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, don't I don't care if you're unarmed. I don't care if you lost your weapon, whatever. You're a criminal, bang, you're dead. So that's it. Um you know again yeah, dread is a, is a machine yeah you know dread isn't fueled by emotions he's not he's not fueled by guilt i mean yes i know to keep things interesting you're going to have him question that from time to time sure. or stuff but i'm just talking about in generalities he's he, he's a law machine and whereas you know johnny again this isn't exactly the life of his choice it's no. the only life that's really available to so him as true. a newton
1: he, there is no other so, form of income, because they're basically ghettoised from the regular... Like, in, in Earth, in Milton Keynes, they live in huge ghettos. And only the worst of the worst, or yeah. the best of the best, get to be strontium dogs in the first place. And they're reviled through the galaxy. And even though, oh, Johnny, yeah, yeah. You know, even though Johnny Alpha makes serious money as a bounty hunter, you never get the feeling that he's really at ease. He's really at peace. He's constantly kind of, you know, he's forced into this lifestyle. He's a nicer guy than his job allows him to be. And he, he is that character, kind of a cowboy with a bit of a heart of gold underneath, who still has to be a tough guy, and he's no pushover. But um, I think he's a more humanised character than Dread, and I think the contrast makes it especially interesting. And, Adam, it must have been cool for you to see this and see, well, this is the full Johnny Afro experience, and then you, you re- remember back to Judgment Day where they met up. Kind of gives it a bit more, you know, flesh
2: yeah for sure and um you know as much as i've liked the dread stuff that we've done i just kind of liked the the differences here and i you know had a lot of fun with that
1: yeah how about i like you know one thing that i love about um E and johnny alpha he'll call it out so in the very first page he yells out blasted a flesh you know he actually calls his shot which i like you know like (laughs) (laughs) he he, he, blasted a flesh as he shoots someone i don't know if you need to say it really it's almost like the gun saying it for itself,
2: yeah. I was gonna say, he'll find out soon enough.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, what about Wolf Sternhammer, Rich? A fan of the Viking with the big hammer?
2: Oh, uh, again, he's an interesting
0: character. He's again, he's he's human, sure. Um, uh, but he's yeah, he, he's that man of honor. Um, I, I like he's kind of the stern guy who's there to sort of, um. Keep Johnny, I guess, from falling too much into that sort of like depression and guilt. Yes. Um. And and stuff and all that. You know, he's always there, there to kind of like slap him out of exactly. um, melancholy and all that sort of stuff and all that. So again, again, he's a big, brutish, loud character, but he's also there to try and keep uh, Johnny from spiraling. Which and is, is the, a good, saying, again, it yeah. makes him an interesting character.
1: He's saying to Johnny, "No good will come of this, Johnny." You know about going to Malik Brood and all that stuff, but Johnny's just obsessed. Oh, but it's not
0: just that story. There's other stories where he's always, you know, yeah. yelling at Johnny or, or pointing out the absurdity uh. or the stupidity or, or, or stuff. But yes, in this one here, yeah, he's like, "Listen, Johnny, you are you are seriously not thinking this through, buddy. You are yeah.
1: you're off the you're making a
0: big mistake."
1: Now let's talk about the mistake, Adam. What did you think? Of, <coughs> what, were you surprised when Johnny Alpha took the dead kid? to the Dark Sorcerer's prison planet. Did you feel this was going to work out well, uh, for all concerned?
2: <laughs> no, probably not. Once once you uh, mentioned that Dark Sorcerer um, <laughs> kind of had the expectation that things were going to go south, I did think there was a lot of car- uh, parallels with that character and the character that we
1: did. Um,
2: uh, there was the villain, in-
1: and Trav- I think Trav-
2: it was the Trav- Garth Trav- one we just did.
1: Uh, yeah, the Judgment Day guy, the Sabat character, yeah?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting where they kind of reminded me of each other with the, um, uh, you know, they're basically both like wizards that yes. controlled the dead. But, I, <laughs> yeah. I
1: think, I even think that he might have been a sorcerer. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll Google that while we're talking. I think Sabat may have been the same kind of a sorcerer because if you remember the sorcerers of Lycra, I think they were called or Lycra, were um all gathered around talking about Malik Brood and they're basically saying, like, you know, this Malik Brood's like right off the reservation. Um, and that's why they imprisoned him. Like he was too dark even for the dark sorcerers. I've got a feeling Sabat may have uh, may have also been uh, from that from that from that planet. Let's have a look here. Sabat, the Necromagus, blah blah blah. Yeah. What so some of the stuff on the internet, can I just say this? Is just so poor. You know, like What is, yeah, I'm not getting, I'm not getting proper fucking things here, but I've got a feeling Sir Bat may have been from the same kind of field as that guy, because he came from Johnny Alpha's world, remember it said he came across the dimensions and time?
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: He actually did, he actually came from Johnny Alpha's world to Mega City 1, which is why Johnny Alpha was tracking him. Um,
2: That's interesting, yeah yeah. I didn't remember that at the time That it was even Johnny Alpha involved with that one But yeah, you're right Yeah, Johnny
1: Alpha He tracked him to Mega City 1 Which is where they met up with Judge Dredd Um, Yeah, what did you think, Rich? Uh, Basically, Rich, if I got shot in a collateral fire incident Would you take me to Malik Brood? Would you think this is going to work out well for Dave and for me? What's going to happen, Rich?
0: No, I'd be like, oh man, I'm going to miss that guy
1: Wow Wow, we yeah. Rich is like time for a new co-host for Signal. Time to replace the emperor. The Emperor's is time to move on.
0: Hey, you probably got an eye on your Uh, comics.
1: It's got an eye on my comic collection. Michelle will be there with a shotgun at the door.
0: You know, I'd break my back trying to move that comic collection.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm
0: actually going to bury that all with you, Dave. I'm going to burn. I'm going to burn it all with you on the boat
1: you're going that's fine with me I'll be dead, and you'll have to fight off Dion who constantly claims he wants to come over to sell it all so so
0: right, um, i'll fucking I'm you know what he's going with you as a as a tribute so yeah
1: good good yeah sacrificial exactly that's it not, not even wife concubine you know what I'm saying like <laughs> not even not even official partner just concubine just you know pleasure um yeah but uh yeah i i I, I sort of want to kind of dig in because there's a couple of incidences in this that I was like, because I, I, was, I was in my, in my innocent memory, because I'd really only read this story maybe once, you know, 30 years ago, and I was like, how did the kid eventually die? And then I'm like, oh, that's right, the mother just kills him when, she's, when he comes back, and she's like, you're at peace now. And she's like, what, how do you think she did it? Did she strangle him? Was it a knife? Was it, you know, was it a blade? Um, any input there, Adam, on exactly how the mother would have dispatched the zombie child?
2: Yeah, you know, I didn't actually remember if she killed him or not, but she uh, she,
1: well, she said yes. You he's know. at peace now. She said he's at peace. Well,
0: now. I mean, I would assume that it would be if it's a mother, it'd be smothering.
1: What like cuddle him to death? Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, yeah, like, you know, the pillow over the face, the... He's going for the dramatic parallel of, you know, a mother's uh, comfort. Being <laughs> well, I don't see a, well, I don't child. see a
0: mother stabbing their child. No. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, that's the only logical thing I can see of a loving <laughs> a mother to do is kind um, of, like, just let them... You you know, yeah, I would say
2: based on, the way, based on the way it's drawn, too, it does kind of <laughs> seem that way.
1: Well, she's... Yeah, she's holding him close. Oh, you're at peace now. You're at peace. But I'm sorry, you can't cuddle someone to death who's a human. You could choke them to death. Well, yeah, you I
0: can. Mean, he he can't move though. He's basically just a husk. is a zombie, so he
2: couldn't right.
1: fight it, even if he. But he was still. Even if he wanted it, he was still. I think she's taught.
2: squeezing him
1: tightly yeah, around the okay. chest, okay. like you know. Yeah, maybe we should get Alan Grant on the line and go. When you killed the child uh, in uh, <laughs> the Moses incident, part ten, how exactly? Because. Because I would have... I mean, am I crazy? Am I sick? I would have liked to have seen the scene. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen the yep. scene. Yeah. Now, you already uh, answered the question. Though. Oh, I'm crazy and sick. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> though I will say, uh, these this zombie, he's not exactly like... He doesn't seem to be a threatening zombie, right? Like, you know, a lot of times, yeah. zombies have, like, infection. They eat people. Yeah. This zombie's just like, oh, I'm just kind of miserable. And they're just like, oh, we got to kill him.
1: Well, I always liked the basically when he first arrives uh, you know back to life um he's all happy he can't wait to be on the spaceship but as they're leaving the planet already wolf is saying this kid's going south he, the kid's already losing you know his personality and stuff so it's it's quite quickly um and i think that factors into the fact like we were saying johnny alpha feels actual guilt judge red might occasionally very very occasionally question some aspect of the law, but it's very brief. And most Dredd stories, there's no reflection on his own, you know, role kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he might question at times the law apparatus and the corruption in the judges, but I don't see Judge Dredd ever having this level of guilt ever. I can't think of a single time where he's felt this guilty about anything, you know? Um,
0: well, in that situation, Dredd would have blamed the mother
2: mother yeah yeah see so he, he would yeah, have said yeah, not my point. fault
0: you let your you let your child go into a mm, yeah. you know a, a dangerous environment where the law is taking on criminals Pfft, your fault bye
1: dread may he's a here's a point dread may have even arrested her for the murder you know <laughs> and i do. don't know if we go that far but i mean the mercy killing well he does he does follow the book man he does follow the book of law you know?
0: I don't know if it's against the law to let your child get killed for being stupid. Though. No, he... I, If
1: that is
2: the law, sure, he'll follow it. No, but no. I, don't I think, think Dave he's... is saying yeah. arresting him for killing, her as a, for killing him as a zombie. I am. Yes, oh, is yeah, you yeah.
0: oh you, sure, Adam, but I mean, Drudge wouldn't have done that in the first place, so
2: that's yeah. a moot.
1: But thank you, Adam, for picking up my point. You know, I'm not normally renowned for being subtle, but Adam picked it up. Rich, you weren't following the <laughs> threads, man. You weren't following the breadcrumbs there. I'm
2: wearing my secret Dakota ring today. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, I forgot mine. (laughs) (laughs) Mine, Mine's on charge for tomorrow.
1: (laughs) Um, I will say this interesting decision by Johnny Alpha to go solo uh, without Wolf when he went to kill Malik Brood. Um, Maybe a crazy decision. I would have taken my my business partner along, you know, but Johnny Alpha was like, this time it's personal, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, so was it just that he said he was going to go without Wolf? And not Wolf saying he wasn't going to go?
1: No, it was definitely Johnny Alpha saying he was going solo. Yeah, it was definitely gotcha. his decision here. He, he he made that comment. Um, I want to talk about Malik Brood because he's a cool character. And I love the scene where he makes the deal to get rid of the ball of guilt and he can't explode it, but then he does the time bomb and it goes off him and there's that scene where he's jumping around free, 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 but then it comes back to him like he can't escape the, the ball of guilt. I thought that was a cool scene.
2: That was cool, and I always like the the time bombs.
1: I always think those are cool. They're very cool. I love the time bomb because oh, you yeah. he can, he can put your back.
0: time bombs are, are fun.
1: They're awesome. Like when you think about it, Johnny Alpha's got quite the arsenal. You know, he's got the number four cartridge. He can read into people's minds. He can see through walls. I don't know if you're aware of that, Adam, but his eyes are red, and he he basically can see through walls and into people's minds with the with. The, I thought last time we established that they were yellow. Uh, maybe they're yellow, but I always thought they were Something. red. But. But regardless, they're not natural colors and they can read into the surface of your mind. It's not like really deep telepathy, but if you've got surface thoughts, like for me, it's mostly revolving around food, you know, um, women, etc. Uh, comics, you know, he's going to pick up all those thoughts. And I will say I've always been a sucker for characters that have
2: like the red eyes. Um, yeah. I don't know, like Eradicator or Cyclops oh, yeah. or whatever. I always thought uh, was a cool design element.
1: And I don't know if you're aware of this, but Johnny Alpha on his days off, he wears a fucking badass uh, widescreen, uh, sort of like, they're sunglasses, but they're like massive ones. You actually saw them in Top Dogs. I think he was wearing them. But are you familiar with this? Have you seen Johnny Alpha on his days off, Rich, with those big, big sunglasses that he wears?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's also got the, uh, the bushy hair as well.
1: He does, he has quite a he quite has quite a head of hair, actually. Although, I'll be
0: honest, I always thought his eyes were white until he was using his powers, and then they changed a different colour depending on what he this, was doing.
1: This was, yeah, you, you know what, we're, 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 we're covering, we've, also, we've had this discussion, Johnny Alpha, eye colour, we had this discussion last time, and I'm going to try to get a fucking answer from the internet. Because, yeah, it looks like they're white, but how they're drawn. But the problem is a lot of the time back in the day, uh, most of it was drawn in like a <coughs> white. That's, that's part of the problem. But, I'm
2: seeing yellow a lot, um, like white and then yellow. Mm. So I
0: have what? seen his eyes turn red occasionally. No. I but again, I, I, it, yeah. I mean, it depends on – I think the red is for when he does the infrared. I think the yellow might be when he's using like the, the more the telepathic – Yeah. Right. stuff and all that but i think when he's not using it i'm pretty sure his eyes are just like pure blank white
1: yeah but i mean i could be they're definitely not normal colored because otherwise he could pass for a human completely but i believe
0: mm, no dave i think you need pupils and irises to pass as a human. no i know but no i'm
1: saying they're not normal is what i'm saying they're not normal colors
0: oh no his eyes yeah. are just blank white yeah like right. yeah like
1: 'cause yeah, that's the only blank. sign of, that's the only sign of his mutation basically physically and there's in there's a we'll do it eventually on in an interlude storyline called Portrait of a Mutant which actually covers his full childhood and his whole origin story to becoming a strontium dog and his mother and fa- his father's like a radical anti-mutant leader and when he finds out that his son is a mutant he he finds it out because when he's born the eyes are a certain color' So we, you know, we would actually be able to find out from that in that in the in the text of that story, it says, "Oh, his eyes are whatever color, you know, and it's not normal." And like the mother's screaming, and you know, so it's, it's always
0: it's, lucky when the uh, the hero mutant it can always pass.
1: Yeah, well, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> and everyone else
0: is like completely fucking mutant, like mm, yeah. head on your knee, like fucking weird arm bumps in yeah, yeah. your head, and yeah. Johnny's just like, "I got different eyes." <laughs>
1: <laughs> do, do, do you remember Rich Durham Red, which was the vampire mutant? Do you remember her? She used to drink blood. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, was yeah. cool. She was very cool. Um, yeah, but, like, just all in all, I really think that, like, you know, I love to get Alan Grant on the show because what basically happened, for those who aren't aware, he co-wrote with John Wagner until the end of the Oz storyline, and then basically they their partnership was on its last legs, and they made an agreement that John Wagner would take uh, Judge Dredd uh, Alan Grant would do Strontium Dog uh, and Judge Anderson and uh, basically they would split it up so that they wouldn't be co-writing anymore but still involved and then obviously Alan Grant went on to do a ton of DC um, and still kept his hand in at 2000 E. whereas John Wagner mostly stayed with the Dread character although he did have things like History of Violence and they did work together on all the Judge Dread Batman crossovers so they did a bit of work but their regular writing partnership kind of came to an end there And Alan Grant was the one who made the decision very controversially in about 92 to kill Strontium Dog. Uh, And and that was a very major storyline. And I don't know if you're aware of this, guys, but when it came to doing that, Carlos Esquizara actually said, no, I'm not going to draw it. Um, I don't want him to be killed. And he wouldn't draw it. And they brought in Colin McNeil, who did the art on America, who did a very good (laughs) job art-wise. But... um, (laughs) Yeah, Carlos didn't want... And Alan Grant later said that was one of the biggest regrets of his writing career, to kill Strontium Dog. And I think it was partly the beginning of the end of... Not the end, but uh, the start of the decline of in the 90s, was losing Strontium Dog, one of their biggest characters. Um, what do you think of that, Rich? What did you think of the death? Um, and did you think, feel that was the right decision, or do you think they should have kept pumping? <laughs>
0: I mean, look. I mean, it's always hard to know what is the right decision because I mean, it really depends on why you're making the decision. I mean, uh, I mean, look, uh, 2080 is basically a—it's a magazine, yeah. so there's a lot of characters. I mean, if you feel that you've done all you can with a character, or if you felt feel like the characters naturally got to the end of his yeah. life or the stories so that you could tell, I mean, I can understand it, but I mean, I don't know what what is. Well, I do know his the, thought process uh, apparently,
1: was. Apparently, he's on record. Now, allegedly, allegedly the reason he killed the character was to prevent other writers from writing the character because he was basically leaving to do more DC work. His DC work was really ramping up and he couldn't devote the length of time to doing Strontium Dog storylines at the time. That's Mm. supposedly the reason.
0: I mean, you don't own the character, though, do you?
1: Well, uh... I mean, there I
0: mean, was He was created by by Wagner and um,
1: Esquizara. But no, Esquizara. But so I mean, I don't. I don't feel
0: like, you have a right to kill a character because you don't want other people to yeah. write it.
1: Well, I like, I think he'd been writing the character since the very beginning as well with John Wagner. I think Alan Grant was there. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, it's
0: not yours. Like, it's not solely yours that you can decide. Oh, I don't want anyone else writing my character. Like
1: the interesting thing is, this is what happened. I can tell you what happened. So. <clears throat> He killed the character. It was extremely uh, divisive. Like, most people, like myself, were sort of traumatised that he died. What they then did, because Alan Grant basically sort of moved away from DC, uh, moved to DC and didn't do so much with, uh, with 2000 AD, they brought strontium dogs, plural, back without Johnny Alpha, and it was fucking terrible. They had a character mm. called Feral. It was so unpopular. It was just like it. It, it like they may not have continued Johnny Alpha storyline, but they tried to spin it out into kind of a Green Lantern Corps kind of situation. Rich, you know what I mean? But they mm. did. They didn't do it well at all. You could have done it well, but they didn't do it well at all. You know, and so they tried to sort of have their cake and eat it too, and it completely failed. Like it's not that stuff's not even collected in the in the Johnny Alpha trades because it's considered you know, very below par staff. Um, Adam, what do you think about killing a kind of... Because this character was probably the number two character. Would you agree, Rich, after Judge Red for 2000 AD? He was pretty much the number two.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it would probably uh, change every now and again, but I would definitely say that he was consistently yeah, um, flittering with the number two, Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the other candidate would be Rogue Trooper, um, but hmm. I think I think Rogue Trooper was kind of a bit earlier. Johnny Alpha kind of lasted and was in a lot Oh Adam, yeah,
0: but that's uh, what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, I, I would say he's there. I mean, some again depending on the week, the story, the month, or whatever. Sometimes Rogue Trooper, or um, yeah. even sometimes ABC Warriors, would just get a bit of a bump depending oh, if there's yeah. a good storyline. Oh, going, but yeah, you know, but yeah, I would I would definitely say consistently Johnny would be number two. Yes.
1: Yeah, uh, Adam, what do you think about the death of a major character like that, Alan Graham? <coughs> Can you get us in the head of Alan Grant at the time, what was going on?
2: <laughs> I mean, I think that might be part of the appeal of two thousand AD, is that they are willing to do, do those kind of things, even if you didn't like the choice necessarily. But, um, you know, it just seems like two thousand AD are willing to go places that mainstream wow. comics aren't, and they're willing for things to be permanent.
1: Mm. Uh,
2: that's not true, actually. No. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow! <laughs> oh, no, so oh, so
0: they were, and then they realized their mistake. So I remember this distinctly that yeah, I think this was something Wagner said in a podcast mm. a few years ago, that he said that they realized they made a big mistake killing Johnny Alpha, and they were very reluctant after that to kill off any right um, fan favorite characters.
1: Oh, yeah, Alan, gotcha. Alan Grant is on record as saying it's the biggest regret of his writing career. To, to actually yeah. kill the character off, it was very divisive. Now I yeah, do
0: agree with classic. you, Adam. With some of the not so popular or like as popular characters, yes, they are willing to just end the storyline or kill them or, um, or or do that. But I think after Johnny Alpha, when it came to the actual fan fan favorites,
1: sure. yeah,
0: they would now like, they were like, no, we can't do that <laughs> again. We can't we can't just kill him.
2: that's Yeah, what comes know. to mind for me would be something like. Um, you know, Starman or Sandman, I know Starman doesn't die, but, you know, he gets that ending, which maybe that's the more appropriate way, not just necessarily kill him off, but to, Mm. you know, write them out. Um, But then you have Sandman, where obviously, uh, Morpheus dies by the end, and it's just, you know, uh, maybe not everything needs to be, uh, serialized forever, I guess.
1: I hear you. Uh, I I totally hear you. I I totally hear you, man. And, and, uh, like, it's part of the challenge of all these things because they brought back Johnny Alpha as well. They brought him back, uh, like, 10 years later, uh, you know, or even slightly more than 10 years later. At, at first, John Wagner brought him back in kind of flashback tales, but then eventually, <laughs> eventually, he brought him back uh, fully. And um, then Carlos Escozara died, and, and I, I think he's now been put on ice again. But, um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Because you are right. They made, I, I'm, I'm sure in the editorial meetings, that was a big decision at the time. We're going to kill this character. And then they saw the fan reaction. And then after the fan reaction, they went in a period in the 90s where the, where the comic was really struggling. And, you know, I think probably they thought that, at, you know, they were pretty cocky probably. They thought they probably had a lot of properties, a lot of hot properties, a lot of hot creators. But they went through a period where a lot of those creators had left. The new characters didn't. Mm. The new the new writers with the new characters didn't have the same crossover appeal. Even if they might have been cult hits, none of them hit as big as Johnny Alfred, Judge Red, not even close. And so, mm-hmm. suddenly, well, suddenly I I,
0: I, I agree with that because I think a lot of the a lot of the talent they cultivated at two thousand AD, especially the younger guys. um you know, your Morris and your Grants, all this sort of stuff. They all literally went off to like America. They all went off to like Marvel and DC,
1: NS,
0: Macmillan, and, and Vertigo you know, and all that sort of stuff. You know, uh, Gibbons, Milligan. Alan Davies. They literally all like their talent just like mass exodus, you know, exited. Yeah. And I don't think they had any, uh, they didn't have any like replacements or they, they couldn't find the quality. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's, it's, it's okay if you lose one writer yeah. or artist, you know. And you, you try and find a replacement, but when you basically lose almost everyone, mm. like shortly after each other, it's very hard to just to, to just fill all those holes with quality.
1: Yeah, like no, I agree.
0: Straight off the bat, I mean they lost almost everyone in like a matter of like a year or two. They, I think
1: they were probably lucky to keep John Wagner because John Wagner went over to do Batman with Alan Grant, but apparently <laughs> he was very dissatisfied with the royalties. And mm. and he left after not he left after basically you know roughly half a year to a year, and they were also launching the magazine. So in the magazine was kind of the Judge of Magazine. That's where Wagner and Grant were devoting a lot of their time in the early nineties regarding this universe. It was not in the monthly comic, and Garth Ennis took over for a couple of years doing a lot of the Dread storylines and stuff. And Garth Ennis himself has admitted that's not his best work. You know. He, he always saw that as a stepping stone. It was a job he really wanted, but when he got it, he's never quite. He he, he has said he doesn't feel it was his best work. He obviously then went on to massive success, you know, with Preacher. Well, I mean,
0: two thousand eight ended up being a stepping stone for a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: uh,
0: uh, British talent to make it to America.
1: That's right, Grant Morrison, you know, just to name one. Um,
0: oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, almost yeah. You can almost name everyone. Almost every fucking yeah. uh, British. Um, uh, writer, artist that's popular now in America pretty much came from 2000 AD.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you a funny exception. Apparently, Warren Ellis never worked in 2000 AD, and he's British, and, and um, I, I don't know if we're allowed to say his name these days, you know.
2: <laughs> just
0: the name. He's not Voldemort.
1: Yeah. Um, no, but uh, he he said, yeah, just by a sort of quirk of fate, he never really did it in 2000 AD. Pete and Peter Milligan did a ton of 2008 oh yeah look
0: you always gonna have the exception to the rule but I'm just saying like um, a massive amount of that that um, that boom yeah. that British boom oh, in America came from 2018
1: now I've got a question um, for you rich last episode we did when we did the Judgment Day episode we we basically had Johnny alpha throwing down with dread uh, in a in a fight and and um, the result of that fight was even as tough as Johnny Alpha was, he couldn't he couldn't put Dread down. You recall the fight, Adam? Yeah. You recall the fight, Adam? Yeah. Now yeah. I'm on record as saying I think Johnny Alpha would have put up more of a fight than he did. Um, what do you think, Rich? You're, you're saying, of course. Are you saying Dread easily wins that match, or, or is it a close battle?
0: Not easily, but I mean, of course, Johnny Alpha is not going to beat Dread. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, look, uh, Johnny Alpha's popular, but Dread is the man you don't right. you know like in terms of like wrestling terms you know what i mean like you, you don't you 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 don't just let your number two guy beat your number one guy yeah because then it hurts their popularity or it you know might hurt their standing and all that sort of stuff i mean unless it's right unless the time is right you maybe the, the number two guys gaining more popular you know like like the batman superman yeah you know like there's no ways you would have had back in the day. There's no ways you would have had Batman beat Superman. Sure,
1: back
0: in but the 50s once and 60s Batman and 60s became the more popular character, he pretty much hands Superman his ass on a regular basis now. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's um,
0: right, yeah you know, so uh, yeah, you, your number two guy's never ever going to beat your number one guy unless there's a switch, uh, unless there's you know a reversal in terms of popularity.
1: Why, I, I yeah. yeah, okay,
2: good point. I was going to say, I think to the Batman Superman thing, I think the way you justify. Dread beating Johnny Alpha so easily is the same way uh, people justify Batman beating Superman is just the the obsession uh, yeah. and drive and fo- you know singular uh, focus.
1: Also, can I say this? It was a fist fight, and I think Dread takes Alpha in a fist fight. A gunfight? I'm not sure. A gunfight, like if it's just a, if 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 it's a showdown gunfight, I I think they're very close. But hand to hand. I think Dredd, Dread has got the upper hand in hand to hand every time, just due to his. Why? fear. Because Why he, Because he uses hand, he. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? My um, my microphone just went for yeah, yeah. a sec. Um, Dread uses hand to hand a hell of a lot more than Johnny Alpha. Dred goes in with the batons really? all the time. Oh, you think of Johnny Alpha. Johnny Alpha uses his gun a lot of the time. Number four. No, Patrick, no, but, but Johnny Alpha
0: also has the electri- uh, you know, the electrified yeah. knuckles. Yeah, I know, so he I know. he does get into fist fights a lot if he has that does, as a, as a weapon.
1: I would have liked to have seen Johnny Alpha use the Electrolux knuckles on Dread. You know, just to give him more. I, I, like, Dread wins, but I would have liked Dread to be a bit more bloodied up at the end of that fight. I reckon you should have. I think that fight should have been a couple more pages, basically, is what I'm saying. You know? He does get a hit on him. Remember, Adam? He actually gets a hit on him. Remember that?
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't Dread even uh, fighting two guys at the same time or
1: something? I'm not sure. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, Dread destroys uh, Sadu, if you recall, the Japanese guy, mm-hmm. first, and then he goes to Alpha. I think. I'm not sure about that.
0: Well, again, in my mind, also, another reason why Dread wins, Where it doesn't really matter about the experience. It doesn't really matter about who's better at hand-to-hand or weapons or whatever and all that. It literally comes down to it is that Dread is a machine. Yeah. You know, Dread isn't fueled by emotion. He's not fueled by fear.
1: Yeah.
0: So he can push through things. Like, he's not worrying. He's not second-guessing. He's not, you know what I mean? Whereas someone like Johnny Alpha... He, he's going to be thought processing a lot. You know, he's going to be contemplating things. He's going to be wondering things. He's going to be second guessing himself. Whereas dread is very single minded. Like, you know, he just pushes through walls because he's not really thinking like a, a regular human.
1: Dread is burn away all the inessentials. Hasn't he? He's burned away at all. And I appreciate No, It's
0: just him there. and the objective. That's it. There yeah. is no other thought process other than I am getting to my objective.
1: All right. I agree. Um, Guys, I'm going to give this story 9 out of 10. I think it's remarkably good. I think it's excellent, in fact. I think it would make a great storyline for a two-parter a TV episode or even a, even a uh, movie of Strontium Dog. I think this would be a really good one because uh, I think it's a very enclosed storyline. I think it's almost perfect. So, Adam, looking at this uh, storyline, I gave it 9 out of 10. Uh, what are you giving it score-wise, and what are your thoughts on the wrap-up of this story? Um...
2: I think I'd give it an 8. Uh, like I said, uh, I thought it was nice. Uh, it didn't go forever. Like uh, It kind of stayed focused on just the one arc rather than going, you know, oh, you know, Johnny Alpha has to go to this planet, so naturally he's going to have all these adventures on the way. I kind of liked just having a singular focus on the story. Sure. Um, and then, you know, it was cool to know a bit about because uh, this is not my introduction to him, but still pretty early, yeah. still finding out about him. So it was good to see kind of his moral compass and uh, kind of seeing what sets him apart from Dread. Like I said, and uh, yeah, I just enjoyed him feeling the need to try to fix something that he felt bad about. Yeah, um, and then you know how that ends up getting him in trouble was kind of interesting.
1: Definitely, and uh, Rich, uh, score, and so an 8 out of 10 from Adam, a score from you, Rich, and wrap-up of his storyline. What are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I am also giving it an 8 out of 10. Sure. Um, very good story. Uh, one thing I love about, like, 2080 stuff is that it's not just grounded in sci-fi. No. Like, you know, uh, you, you, you're dealing with, like, it, it's, it almost starts like a, a sci-fi western.
1: Oh, 100%, yeah.
0: And next minute it's a, it's a sci-fi horror, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, cult. Yeah. Um, storyline with a character and all that sort of stuff that's dealing with, like, magic and all that sort of stuff. So, um, again, I, I, that's something that I like about 2080 is that you never quite know where, where, where a story can end up yeah. just because they don't really stick to, like, a set rules.
1: Are, are you a um, fan it, of it, it, Carlos in... on art? Are you, are you a big Carlos fan? I'm a big fan of Carlos, but uh, I know... Oh, yeah, no, the are,
0: art is fan. Yeah. I mean, the art is what makes these characters, I think, so popular is just yeah. because how... Um, they have such um, – like, I do, I do agree with Adam when he says, like, he does look a little bit like Dredd, and that's just because of the way that um, he does the chin. Yes. Um, you know, it's very – but I, I like that um, it looks like it's from the same world, and I do like, you know, I, I do like that art. I think that art is, is just wonderfully, like, um, distinct. Mm, um, nice. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I mean, good story. As yet yeah, only 10, 10 chapters. It uh, flows pretty quickly um, and uh, some good character moments in it. So, yeah, uh, very enjoyable.
1: Okay, uh, so eight out of ten from you guys and nine from me. Now, we also had the short by private contract storyline, which was uh, actually a follow-up to Judgment Day, uh, Adam, because it was just their meeting up in a bar, basically, um and I, I'd never read this before, and really, it's just a sort of. Um, what do you
2: mean? A follow up to Judgment Day, as in it's just took place after,
1: or yes. that it tied in with that story? Uh, no, I mean it, it took place after, so it's the only other uh. time apart from Judgment Day that um and Top Dogs, which we did originally, it's it's the kind of final meeting of um Johnny Alpha and Judge Dread. and I believe in this one when they're talking that um, I think. That uh, I think that um, Wolf is already dead. Doesn't he mention that Wolf's dead? I think he does in this story. Yeah, now.
2: well, I think he was dead the previous time they met too, right?
1: Was he? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Okay, he wasn't in Top Dogs, but then he was by the time of Judgment Day. Right, okay. Yeah, and
2: I think Top Dogs, you said that you thought that he probably was dead, but just that the story maybe took place at a different time, you know?
1: Oh, he was definitely dead, um, in the comic, but the the, the storyline was a flashback storyline for Johnny Alpha. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy this one, Rich, just the sort of meet up in the bar kind of story? It was pretty hilarious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I like the villain. (laughs) That was like, that took me back because obviously that's a, that's a callback.
1: Oh, it's a huge um, callback. To a much,
0: much, much earlier Dread. Yeah, um, storyline. I would dare say, probably maybe volume one or two. Oh yeah, of, Judge, judge of, Cal of the
1: case files. Yeah, Judge yeah.
0: Cal. Um, and I like that they make a reference. Because judge Cal, if I remember correctly, he made a goldfish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a high-ranking like judge or something yeah. like that and so i like that he has like a fish badge yeah which was just a nice little uh reference to that and all that and and he's got the
2: goldfish on his desk he does
0: yeah yeah yeah. i just i like the references and all that sort of stuff so um it's a pretty funny story like it's quite serious yes um and then you think oh who wants judge you know who's who's put a bound you realize it's a bunch of cal clones and they all just lost their fucking minds.
1: And I love Let's it. The, I love it. The end. like find somewhere else to drink or whatever he says next time. You know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was... you know, And I like
0: that. I like that. Johnny and and um, uh, Dred sort of have a um, uh, a friendship.
1: Yes. Yeah. Do you
0: know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, it, it's not. A, it's not a regular type of friendship, but you mm-hmm. can tell there is some sort of. Um,
1: uh friendship there well i i think an unexplored storyline would have been the storyline of them them getting back at the end of judgment day you know when they say who the hell's going to mess with us and that, uh, that that'd be a good one that well i think that storyline should come up at some point i think that's untapped territory you could certainly tie that into plenty of stuff because i think it'd be a lot of fun um <laughs> yeah but like yeah it was just a throwaway but i i thought it would be fun now, I mean, that's our Johnny Alpha interlude for this, for, for this show. We will do more Johnny Alpha interludes as, as time wears on. But next up, Rich, uh, Adam and myself are thinking of doing the Apocalypse War. And I thought you'd want to be coming on this because the Apocalypse War is what, considered one of the all-time great Judge Red stories. Uh, would you be interested? No, there's you? so many
0: to consider yeah. as a great judge sorry, But,
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know. Hey,
0: as I said, whenever you guys yeah. want to invite me on, well, I'm happy to come on. Well, I'm, well,
1: I'm giving the official Hall of Justice invitation now. Uh, I am the chief judge, <laughs> so you know. And believe you me, I run okay, the, uh,
0: All right, uh, Dave Cal.
1: Yeah, and I run the city with. <laughs> I run the city with an iron grip. You know what I'm saying? At
0: times. (laughs) (laughs) I Fist, I'm not sure about your grip. At
1: at times, I don't think Dread goes far enough, you know? (laughs)
0: That is true. All
1: right. Well, look, I want to say uh, thank you to all the listeners, all the Dread of Dead listeners. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed our Johnny Alpha interlude. There will be more. Shout out to Neil Matthews. He is the number one strontium dog fan in the world. And uh, he even puts Johnny Alpha above Dread, and that's tough to do. But I, I love Johnny Alpha. I've always been a well.
0: It's Johnny it's Alpha. different characters. That's the thing. Like, yeah. um, for a lot of people, uh, Johnny Alpha would be uh, more enjoyable or sure. a better character than Dread because it just depends on what sort of character you like.
1: That's it, man. I mean, there's there's people out there who. I mean, you
0: know. again, one of my favorite, my absolute favorite character in 2000 AD mm. is um, Rogue Trooper.
1: He's fantastic.
0: I I just I love Rogue Trooper. That is my favorite. Of the 2080 above dread above really Alpha, I just there's something about the Rogue Trooper. He is good. well the storyline, the character, that just resonates with me?
1: Oh yeah, he's he's.
2: Have to do some Rogue Trooper.
1: Oh yeah, no, no, we will. Don't worry. I mean, yeah, there's this is the thing. Uh, 2080 had some excellent stuff, and Rogue Trooper. I mean, I've got all the volumes. He's he's fantastic. He's he's great, and then and Rich threw in ABC Warriors. Now, there's a storyline that I love, the ABC Warriors.
0: Yeah, those, so. guys are, those guys
1: are pretty funny as well. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Well, look, on that note, I want to say thank you guys for coming on. We will do another Dread or Dead uh, Apocalypse War in the not too distant future. Um, by the way, uh, the Essential Edition, which I didn't even realize because I bought it but haven't opened it, is colorized for Apocalypse War. So I'm looking forward to that. They've done a proper colorization Ooh. job. So that's on the. Uh, basically, they're coming out now. They're doing the Essential Judged Reds, and Apocalypse War came out uh america came out which we already did um they put out origins which is a great storyline we've done it on regular signal but i think we'll do it again rich did we do origins with you or was that with Stuart? i've got a feeling you and i did origins am i right you know that's the one where he where he goes right back to the start of the judges and everything I'm not sure if we did it or not. If it was with possibly, you. I'm
0: not. I'm not Richard the computer. So okay,
1: uh, but but like they did Origins, and they <laughs> they've just put out. Um, they're just putting out an Acropolis, which is a storyline we will do. That's a Dark Judges storyline, Adam, which I think you'll really enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy the dark judges. You do love the dark judges, man. You're a dark judge yourself, really, aren't you? <laughs> um, yeah, I'd up, like to think so. You're up there with death, fire, mortis, you know, and fear. And then there's Judge Adam, the computer. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. On that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Bye. Bye.